Hello, and welcome to Three Association, a podcast about compassionate, contemplative, evocative supervision for spiritual directors, created by supervisors trained in the Together in the Mystery model. I'm Tara Owens. And I'm Maria Tattoo Bowen. We're glad you're here. Now let's listen in on today's Three Association conversation. So we're delighted to have with us today Scott Quinn from Northern California, where he um, directs the Marin Interfaith Council and is um, participating in two uh, spiritual direction training programs, one at the Chaplaincy Institute in Berkeley and one at the Diploma in the Art of Spiritual Direction program in um, San Anselmo. And Scott's a longtime spiritual director and supervisor, and we're just delighted that he's here to talk with us today about the topic of new beginnings in spiritual direction. And um, Scott, we're going to just start our free association. So when you think about either new beginnings in general or beginning with someone in spiritual direction, what's your free association? Hmm. Well, thank you first, Maria and Tara, for inviting me to be with you today. Um, the, the first thing that came to me when you said, uh, new beginnings was we have, um, we keep pigeons. Ah, I think yeah. baby <laughs> pigeons just starting to use their beaks to break out of the eggs just before the mm. hatch. Oh, mm. wow. Mm. Tara, how about you? What's your free association? Um, I feel that kind of bubbly energy in my body. Um, it, the, as we're recording this, it's it's springtime uh, where I am in the world, and that sort of like potential energy um, that feels like it sort of frisions up in me, and that sometimes that can cause some anxiety in me, um, and sometimes it can be like, oh, this is this is a whole new adventure. Um, so both of those things feel like when we think about new beginnings in spiritual direction, that's what comes up for me. And for how about me, you, Maria? Yeah, for me, I, um, it's, I'm very similar to you. I was thinking about beginning in spiritual direction in particular. And I was just, uh, my, my mind went right to that feeling in my body of what I used to think was anxiety when I first started. And now what I realize is really excitement. It's kind of the same body feeling. And um, I realized I was interpreting it uh, as an anxiety, but I really have a lot of excitement when I meet someone for the first time about what's, what's possible and what God might be doing in that person's life. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. So Scott, we're, we're, our topic today is new beginnings in spiritual direction. And I wonder, um, when you start to meet someone for the first time, what, what kind of things do you think about or preparations do you make with that person? You know, just even for the new spiritual directors who might be listening to this podcast, for example. Yeah, um, great question. Thank you for um, bringing this forward. I think there are, there are a couple of things that actually happen before we even talk. So the, the first thing that I do is I send people to my website. So they have something to read about who I am, my background, about what spiritual direction is, what it isn't, um, how sessions work, 
what my fee is or sliding scale, all of a lot of logistical kind of things that can put people at ease before we even have a conversation about whether or not we're going to work together. So when someone first reaches out to me, we'll make the appointment for, usually people reach out by email, not always, mm -hmm. sometimes people call yeah. the email. So I'll say, let's please read through this and let's set up a time to talk and we'll do that. Um, but that way they have a li little bit of, of knowledge before we even meet, that gives them some context and also starts to provide just a little bit of rapport and trust. Mm. Yeah. So that's what I, I mean. love that rapport and trust. That's those are really powerful words. Yeah. And that what you're talking about to me sounds really grounding. They have all these nuts and bolts. They kind of know what to expect. So they feel maybe secure. I would feel secure if I had those things going in. Yeah, I think it, it helps um, lower the anxiety because new beginnings is not just those of us who are directors who might feel a little anxious and excited, but obviously also the person coming to us for spiritual direction. Absolutely. So I find it really helps lower um, some natural and understandable anxiety, particularly for people who have never been in spiritual direction before, yeah. where they can get a little bit more of a feel of it. Then um, what I like to do when we have that introductory phone call or meeting at a cafe or Zoom uh, meeting, when we're just getting to know each other and see if we even want to work together, is Obviously, I, they have questions and they'll ask those questions and hopefully they've, a lot of them have already been addressed by the website. But I start off just wanting to know what's bringing them to spiritual direction. Yeah. What's their understanding of what this is about and what's, what's bringing them to this. And Tara, to pick up on what you were talking about earlier, part of this is to build trust and rapport already. Um, and what I normally do then is I use as an opportunity to do a mini spiritual direction session, hmm. 10 or 15 minutes, while we're just getting to know each other to see if we even want to work together. Oh, so tell me a little bit more about why that's important to you. Yeah. What do you feel right now? There seems to be some emotion coming up for you right now, even as we're talking about this. Yeah. And so in 10 or 15 minutes, they already get a flavor of what it would be like to work together. And then when it comes to the end of the conversation and we discern maybe they're already ready to make that decision, they are, then they, particularly if they've never done spiritual direction before, they explain this mysterious spiritual direction thing that you're discerning. <laughs> and do it. We just did it. We just yeah. did it. Oh, know. there you go. Wow. And so not only does it already start to build some rapport and trust even before we've met for the first official time, it also gives them some knowledge of what this thing is an embodied experience that no amount of text is ever going to get across because you can't, you can't learn what spiritual direction is just by reading about it, but you can catch it. Yes. You can catch it by experiencing it. And then thirdly, it also provides me as the, the potential director with some context of what are we going to be working on together? Why are they coming to this? So we were already, um, not only building some trust and rapport, but we're already starting to lay out the landscape of what's going to be explored in our spiritual direction relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, that just sounds so beautiful. I, I particularly resonate with that sense of sort of catching, catching spiritual direction as it's happening and realizing in, in retrospect, oh, look, 
we've already done it. <laughs> yeah. And you survived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really tends to lower a lot of, particularly for people who've not had it before, yeah. lower the anxiety, or even for those who had it, but maybe it wasn't the best experience, um, or maybe it wasn't a good fit before. Yeah. Um, and it also provides clarity. Maybe we're not a good fit. And they know just from that time together, I need to keep looking, which is totally yeah. fine. Yes, mm -hmm. that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tara, how about you? How do you begin? Yeah. I mean, much like um, Scott, there's, I send some resources ahead of time, whether it's my website or um, uh, having um, a sense of this is what spiritual direction is. This is sort of the parameters of what we're what the relationship might begin like, um, but that it becomes unique for each person. Um, you know, I think some directors will do a very short, like Scott is talking about a shorter introduction that is maybe not a full like session. Um, what I've tended to do is we do an hour, but it's an introduction and, and, Unlike other times in spiritual direction, I usually say this is this is going to be different than the ongoing relationship because I'm going to tell you about me. I'm going to I'm going to self-disclose a lot more than than what would be natural in the ongoing relationship to tell them like what my image of spiritual direction is and um, a little bit about me as a person. Um, so they recognize I'm a human being and I'm not, you know, levitating on a mountain somewhere when I'm not <laughs> in spiritual direction sessions, you know, that um, th there's a sense that I'm a, a, I'm a, I'm a human on the journey with them um, and that the trust is in the divine in the room, um, not in me being magical um, or anything like that. And it also gives me an opportunity to ask them more about their story with God um, and how they might describe themselves having journeyed to this place where they're sitting here wondering if this might be a right fit. Um, and so um, there's a little bit of spiritual direction that happens in that sort of exploring their story together and there's this sense of, I'm also listening for, is, is spiritual direction actually what they're asking for? Might it be therapy or might it be mentorship? And, and being able to sort of delineate again what the differences are and honor um, the person in the room and saying, you deserve the care that you need. Um, and so to be able to um, help ask some questions. They're kind of, um, I don't love the word screening because it sounds so clinical, uh, but that they are, I mean, I've had, I've had experiences both um, with people who are training in spiritual direction and some other spaces where there's this assumption that if somebody comes to your door, you have to say yes. Yeah. God brought them. So you must say yes. And, and that's not, that's why I have an initial session because it might not be the right modality and might not be the right personality fit. Um, there might be other things going on that, that there sh should be freedom for both of us to choose or to not choose this, this path together. Yeah. Yeah. That discernment piece is really important on both 
sides of the relationship that we that we both feel comfortable and called um I mean not comfortable always because God is no. not always very comfortable right but <laughs> right but, com- but comfortable enough with one another and with the process that we can move forward in freedom and mm-hmm. um like you I do an initial conversation for me it's it's usually 15 or 20 minutes on the telephone rather than in person um I know some people I I'm kind of in awe of people who do their first meeting like in a cafe like you mentioned Scott because I'm like such an introvert I I think they wouldn't get a very good um feel for me (laughs) at a cafe I'd be like oh but in my in my in my space where I know how to listen as a spiritual director I'm very comfortable and grounded and I can um, do that first session in a in a discerning kind of way, which I think is really important. And then um, the second session, you know, we'll meet as a usual spiritual direction session. What about covenants? Oh, or Scott, you were you look like you were going to say something. I have the <laughs> visual that the, our listeners don't have, so let me just table that for a moment. Well, I love just a couple things you both said. Um, so, um, Maria, like you, I'm an introvert cafe would be my least choice. (laughs) (laughs) However, I've had a couple people who needed that. Oh, they needed the face to face in person Mm -hmm. and they wanted to be a place they were already comfortable in, in order to have that initial conversation. I've only done it a few times, but I have done it a couple of times when they were pretty clear, this is what they needed. Oh, that's so kind of you. Yeah. But I'm with you. It's as an introvert, it's it's not my choice. My my primary. <laughs> um, Tara loved uh, two things that uh, you referenced. One is the um, unique nature as we start off that there does need to be some self disclosure for a lot of folks to know this is a human being I can relate to and that I can trust. Um, and, and you're already laying the groundwork. You said it so beautifully that, um, you know, really it's you and God are going to be doing the work. I'm going to be here as, um, you know, providing a lot of loving curiosity for you um, and supporting you in that. Um, and so it's also kind of creating the feel for what that's about. I'm a human being. I'm not some advanced spiritual avatar. Um, right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm here to accompany you. Yeah. And the other thing you said that was helpful that actually came up for me recently um, having that initial discussion, and thanks for saying this, sometimes we as a director decide this is not a good fit yeah, and say no. I had that recently with someone who, um, well, I'll, I'll do a little self-disclosing. Um, mm-hmm. So um, she had a, a gay son and she was really struggling with um, her love for her son, but also what she what her church had taught her um, about homosexuality. Now, as someone who identifies as gay, on the one hand, I could be uniquely positioned from my own experience to be a a spiritual um, guide and accompany her on that journey. But as I discerned it, I became very clear I already did all this with my own family and it was pretty painful and we yeah. got to a good place, mm-hmm. but it took years. I'm not going to do that to myself. Oh. I'm not going to do that to myself. Mm-hmm. Could I do it? Yes, but it would be painful again. Yeah. 
Yeah, Scott, I am so grateful you mentioned that. That's such exquisite self-care. And we really need to be mindful as directors. You know, if we have a particular mental illness in our family, if we have a particular um, stuff around our, our race, around our gender, around whatever it is that people are dealing with, we get to say no if it's too painful. You know, mm-hmm. and we get to reap the benefits of our wounding sometimes and give them to others if when we're healed enough on yeah. a particular topic. Um, but it, we might, you know, it might always be too painful. And that is the best self-care we can provide for ourselves if we yeah. say no in those situations. Well, and I, I so appreciate that, Scott, um, because what I heard in your response was, it wasn't a it wasn't a reactive yes or no it was a pl- it was a discerned place of like what is good self care what is wisdom what is and and that there's freedom and yeah. there's just freedom to be able to say no um, and and that's not pejorative for anybody that no. that is the that's the best most free and um and life-giving path for everybody yeah and the beautiful part is as we're talking about today i brought this to supervision and i brought this to my <laughs> spiritual director <laughs> yay clear because there was a part of me that felt oh because of my life experience i should say yes uh, yeah and it did not my body was telling me no yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. What a great illustration of the importance of us staying in spiritual direction and supervision, no matter how much experience we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, this conversation has been sort of bringing up for me um, the unique context um, right now that we're living in, that we have lots of shared trauma. Um, we're, we're recording this in the, in the space that is the COVID pandemic slash endemic. And there's a lot of things where um, really discerning the right relationships at the right time um, is, is, it's always paramount, but it is particularly now to recognize um, and to practice that self-care because it is the most loving thing for ourselves and for our directees. Yeah, and I think considering that whole sense of kind of where we overlap with our directees' lives, because, you know, it can it, it can be too painful. It can also be too, I, you know, if we're too similar sometimes, it's hard to listen clearly and with a, in a grounded way. We might just both sort of blast off in excitement, you know, about whatever is happening. So, you know, it's, we don't always say no because there's a problem. It's just, a, it's a matter of fit and care for both parties. Yeah. So I was, I, I started to ask earlier about covenants and, and whether you have one, I, I, I have to do a, a, some self-disclosure and, um, a bit of a mea culpa here. I have one. And since we've been in the electronic um, online meeting mode, I don't always use it. I don't. I want to, I intend to, but sometimes it falls through the, cl- the cracks. Um, and my covenant has things about um, when, you know, mandated reporting, for example, um, some things about it that I'd love to have a 24 hour cancellation, um, if at all possible. 
um, those kinds of things, how to contact me, just the nuts and bolts. How, how about you? What do you do? If you have a covenant, how do you, what, what's on it? Um, I would say, uh, Maria, welcome to the support group. Hi, my name is Scott. <laughs> I have a written covenant and I have not been using it. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. I, I have it. I mean, I've, I, there are only two people right now that I see in person. Everyone else is, is by Zoom. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and we take all the proper precautions and all that. Mm -hmm. But I found uh, in the space I have set up to meet with directees, there's like a clipboard with the covenant and it's just sitting there. But I haven't, uh, have not been using it much the past couple of years. I've been doing it more verbally Yes, but not as part of our opening discussion, mm -hmm. uh, but have not been doing a written covenant um, for these past couple of years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about you, Tara? Yeah, I do have written um, covenant. I I because I've been doing distance direction for. 15 years. Um, it's a little more natural to me. <laughs> um, and um, I've actually recently, there's a tool called Jot Forms um, that I used that has created, sort of created a, um, a form that helps people sort of navigate through the different pieces. And I invite them, um, I send it in advance just as a link. Um, and I invite them to review it before we meet um, so that they might have, if they have any questions about anything, if they wanna, um, if something sparked something um, and it has you know, an emergency contact place so that I've got yeah. all of those emergency contacts are in one space. Um, so they're, I'm not looking for documents all over the place. They're in one and it's HIPAA compliant place. Um, so, you know, that we've talked in other podcasts about um, data protection and things like that, um, confidentiality. Um, the other thing that I include in my um, covenant is my social media policy um, because I am on social media um, and some directors are not and that's perfectly fine. Um, but I do, you could, you can happily easily Google me. Um, and what does it mean to sort of say, that that's not how I communicate with my directees. And this is why. Uh, when for some people, it's just a natural thing to send a Facebook messenger yeah. or an Instagram messenger or something like that. That's like, these are the parameters. Um, and this is how I operate in that space. And this is why I think it's important to talk about that um, so that we're not stumbling over those things together. Um, and, and because I've been like, we, we are very much in a digital world. Like, yes. what does it mean to, to just surface those things together ahead of time? Um, and the other thing that I um, include uh, in my covenant is like, I, I joke around that I'm a one woman resistance to bad endings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I talk about how we might end our time at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so that there's a sense of like, this is what an ending session would look like. If we discern that, that this is not, whether it's because it's not working or because something else might be better or for whatever reason that we commit to each other to have an ending session so we could gather the gifts together. So there's closure so that nobody's ghosting anybody. There's, there's a sense that the story has been blessed and closed and then 
um, there's this potential to move forward from it without anything niggling in the back um, around how that went. Um, and so I do do that. Um, I think I'm on the heavier end in terms of like information on my <laughs> covenant. Um, and, and part of that's just me and like my personality and that I, I like the written word. Um, I'm a writer. And so that I find myself expressing things in my covenant that, um, that gives people a chance to review ahead of time. That's something that's just me is my personality, but I think informal spoken covenants are also, it's, it's the discernment of the director as to what their community um, and space needs. I appreciate that, Tara, especially, you know, when I hear you talk about the limits of social media with regard to directees, like I, I would have, I'm not particularly on social media, but I, I feel like a high allergy <laughs> coming on when I think about like a directee wanting to friend me or something like I just mm -hmm. that to me just feels like not the space I want to be in, um, mm -hmm. in that really sacred uh, relationship. And yet I know social media can also operate as a sacred space, but for me, not so much. So yeah, yeah. I really appreciate mm -hmm. that. Yes, thank you for that. That was, I, the, the clarity and breadth and depth of what you're doing um, is, uh, it's inspiring me. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I love the, the idea of there being a place where these forms live. I didn't, I didn't know there was a HIPAA mm -hmm. compliant place for the forms to live. Because mm -hmm. that is one issue that has kind of stopped me with the, and I haven't had very many new people since the pandemic. So I, I'm not in huge, I'm not hugely out of compliance, even though I watched myself redden on the visual of this recording when I oh, <laughs> confessed. Oh, I have so much <laughs> compassion for that, Maria. But um, so yes, the, I think having a HIPAA compliant place may, it keeps me more at ease because I don't want stuff to just be flying around on email and, and things like that. Our emails are not always so safe. I think one other question that I have for you, Scott, is um, in, I mean, we've named in, in kind of particular situations, the discernment that you're doing with a new directee and the, the parameters of, of that experience. Um, what is one, one thing or, or what you might say as you discern um, in a new, with a new beginning with a directee, um, if there are complex roles um, and what that might look like, sometimes we call that uh, dual roles or uh, places where relationships overlap. And um, as you consider a new beginning with a directee, what you might um, want to be cognizant of around that. Yes, I mean, quite often we do have um, either tangential relationships, people we know in common, organizations that we may be a part of. So part of it's talking about that upfront. And mm. part of it is, um, I'll usually just say very, in a very straightforward way, um, during our time together and this relationship my one and only concern is your spiritual thriving and your relationship with God. Nothing else matters in this room. No, those other, none of those other organizations matter. 
Nothing matters except you and your deepening in the spirit. That's all that we're here about. Um, so I think something like that has been helpful and then to keep practicing it. A lot of it's me bracketing. It's like they, they just said such and such and I know the two people they're talking about. There's another part of the story here that that's totally irrelevant. Like that, get, that gets bracketed. Um, part of it's a prayer practice for me um, to keep coming back to, and this is really how to do all spiritual direction, but particularly when there's maybe some tentacles of other kinds of relationships, um, come back in prayer. Um, God, what is your prayer for this person in front of me right now? Um, what's what's moving in the room or in the virtual space that's that you're the one guiding this help me attune to that um, what needs to be put on the shelf what doesn't belong here in the room um, and sometimes um, sometimes it will come up in a session you know they'll start talking about this organization that we have in common um, and so I'll just have to do a little bit of a verbal um and sometimes it's it's very subtle but reminder that this this is about their journey with god their journey with their own soul um, and so that'll sometimes just kind of alleviate some of those uh tentacles mm -hmm. i think sometimes and sometimes we'll just have to have a longer conversation if it gets a little sticky or mm -hmm. It may even get to the point where there needs to be a referral to a different spiritual director, which also is another discernment. So it's all really about discernment, even in my prayer, but since service person, I mean, all spiritual direction is really just discernment. It's really yeah. just an ongoing prayer of discernment the whole time. Yeah, that's really so inspiring, Scott, and right on. I love that because we are just discerning God's movement, aren't we, in ourselves and others, with others, not in them, with them. Um, <laughs> How about y'all? Hmm. Well, I think it's really important for me. I, I've grown in my discernment around dual relationships. I used to just be so, or multiple relationships. I used to just be so boundaried about it. It was just like, no, <laughs> we're not doing this. I'm giving you another director. Um, and now that I live in a, a small town, um, where I know a lot of people, I grew up in the small town I'm living in, and um, it's, I'm a little, you know, I realize that we will have overlaps. We might see each other, you know, just even in passing at the grocery store, we might. So I often will have a conversation about, okay, we live in this small community. How will we handle it? When, not if, but when we run into each other at, you know, a local um, setting. And so we get to have that conversation as we begin as well. But, um, but my, I'm sort of for myself in favor of, I like a clean, as clean a listening space as I can create, because that really helps me hear the spirit um, more effectively. Um, so if it feels, starts to feel really complex as inside me, as I'm hearing, you know, as we're having an initial meeting, then I might just say, you know, I think, I just don't get the sense that I'm going to be able to hear you as you deserve to be hear, heard because we just have so many overlapping um, venues in common. Um, Tara, how about you? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love, again, it's that freedom to say I, I am, I 
am a limited human <laughs> and I'm allowed to have those limitations in listening. I, um, it's one of the things that I bring up um, in an initial session is um, I, because sometimes it looks like to me or seems like to me with someone that we have no overlap. And yet down the road, we find that, oh, there, wait, oh, I, I know exactly who you're talking about in this situation. And, um, and you know, because it's a small world after all. Um, but to start with those conversations around confidentiality, and I love Scott, the, the emphasis on your spiritual thriving um, and, and being able to shelve those things. And, and I too sort of like, uh, a clean space as much as I can around that um, because I have a really lovely referral network it's just it's easy to say there's there's someone else who would be better um, and I mean I recently had a situation where I I took on a directee where I was there was a clear multiple role situation and um, and it it definitely caused some things in me um, that needed additional care and supervision and um, and and that relationship ended up ending because in some ways I violated my own boundary um, and there also I also have a few not very many but a few relationships with directees who attend the same faith community um, that I do. And one of the things I say very upfront in this situation is, is when we're in that church service together, I am not thinking about you. <laughs> I am not thinking, oh, I'm glad they heard that sermon. Um, I am not, you know, the, the spaces of, of, of boundaries. And when, if we happen to run e across each other in coffee hour, I'm not going to introduce myself as your spiritual director. If somebody says, how do you know so-and-so? I'm going to say, I'm their friend. Yes. And all of the power of disclosure in those common spaces that we happen to be together um, is yours because of the confidential nature of our relationship and because I hold this as such holy space. Um, and, you know, it's, it, it's small towns, different spaces. It's a tough thing to navigate. And we have Zoom as a thing now. <laughs> Like there's, there's, there's a broad there are more choices. <laughs> there are more choices out there than, than uh, we might imagine, and and what it means. No, I I'm a kinesthete, which is why I like meeting initially with person with people in in person as much as I I can, because um, sometimes I say I spiritually direct through my skin more than anything else, um, but but recognizing that sometimes a distance relationship is better for a person even in a small community because then they know that that it's not going anywhere and and it's not even in the water somehow um so it's it's something i find really important to bring up in initial conversations is that the potentiality of complex roles yeah one thing i'll thank you both that's fantastic um and thank you for um, just making this so much more clear. I think I think one of the things that I will ask sometimes at the very beginning is, do you sense that our current relationship 
in whatever the other, our faith community or organization, would in any way lead you to hold back? In a oh, yeah. About anything you're feeling, anything you're thinking, that it just wouldn't feel quite safe enough to bring the fullness of your spiritual questioning and struggle and joy to our time together. If so, then this is not a relationship that's going to work for spiritual direction and let's find you someone else. Or if at any time during a relationship, you start to hold back, um, then also we need to look at this and have a discussion about that. Um, likewise, I'll keep the same discernment for myself. If I ever yeah. find myself holding back or um, changing what I feel spirit is leading me to offer in spiritual direction because of this other relationship that I have with this person. That's, that feels like the heart of the matter right there, Scott. Is this going to cause me to hold back? That's such wisdom in that question. Yeah. And mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. these relationships evolve. I've had uh, d directees who've developed one directee who developed a relationship with another directee quite outside of my um, uh, listening. And it began, it began to make things complicated and one person did have to hold back. And that's, and so we over time uh, found new directors for people, but um, yeah, it's, those things are really important. And I want to also respond Tara to what you said about going to your supervisor when you had this complicated uh, multiple relationship because what I, at least I find for myself the more complex my relationships are the more supervision I need for them whether it's because Amen. of dual roles yeah overlapping stories whatever it is um those those relationships are the ones I bring to supervision again and again yeah so we're coming to the end of our time and Scott um before we do we want to give you the last word if you have a last word and then we also want to just ask you about any um time you can remember from supervision when it was a kind of transform it doesn't have to be a big transformation but whether it was really movement toward freedom for you in the supervision experience thank you Tara thank you Maria um, for inviting me to be with you today I think a, a closing thought before I answer the question would be what, what I emphasize in working with supervisees and at the two programs where I have the privilege of teaching is that our role is, love, is one of loving curiosity. Yeah. It's loving curiosity. And when we begin a spiritual direction relationship there, and when that flows throughout the relationship, um, many of the questions will tend to resolve themselves. We keep coming back in prayer and discernment to loving curiosity. What's yeah. God doing right now? What's, the, what's in this person's heart that's trying to emerge right now? How can I support that? How can I ask and inquire along with them? Um, so that's, that's kind of my catchphrase for um, doing this work. So that's what I also bring to supervision, particularly for myself. So I'll, I'll give a, an example of how supervision was transformative to me through some loving curiosity. Um, and it comes back to a dual relationship. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, <laughs> so I had a directee who uh, was coming to me for a number of years and um the the place that i worked with 
had like this ancillary group that met um, to work on a social justice issue. And so they were in that group with someone else whom I also knew they weren't that other person wasn't a directee, but the three of us knew each other uh, through that group. Um, and so this person came from each direction. And one time I shared with our mutual acquaintance some information that the directee had told me that I thought was common knowledge and that I thought mm -hmm. was really innocuous. And it, it was really um, their age. They had just had a, a big birthday and I thought everyone knew it. Mm -hmm. And to them, this was confidential information. Yeah. And they came back at the next session and understandably were upset and brought that up and we worked through it. And obviously I apologized. Mm -hmm. um, it took us quite a while to work through it, but we did and to rebuild some trust. When I brought it to supervision is where it became transformative because mm -hmm. even though I apologized and we restored the relationship, I still felt awful. Mm, yeah. I still felt awful. And what came up through the um, supervision process was that while I talked a good game about self-forgiveness and self-compassion, I didn't practice it. Oh. And I'm uh -huh. still judging myself that I'm a supervisor. I teach spiritual direction. I've been doing this for many years. I should have known better. Mm. And I should have not made this mistake. Yeah. And so where is it that the same loving compassion that I live this whole ministry as that I hold as my way of doing this? How how is it that it doesn't get directed back to me? How is it that mm. I can't allow spirit to hold me in that place of mm. self-forgiveness yeah. and let this go and just allow myself to be a human being who occasionally makes mistakes that I have to apologize for? Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah, and it's oh. not that. That was how one way uh, that uh, supervision was very powerful for me for really clarifying that's what was going on, and to begin practicing much more deeply. So I have a long way to go, but that self forgiveness. Yeah. Oh my gosh, self compassion supervision is so important for that. Scott, I, I so appreciate what God is doing right now in bringing you here to have this conversation with us today. Thank you so much for this opportunity to speak with you. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for joining us for today's Three Association Conversation. This and every Three Association episode can be found at threeassociation.com, on SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast feed. We appreciate you being with us. Please feel free to forward this or any three association conversation to those who might benefit. Blessings on your life and ministry.